Uh, hello, my name is Ian Hall. I'm from the Griffith Asia Institute uh, here in Brisbane. And I'm joined by Arzan Tarapul, who's at Stanford's Asia Pacific Research Center on the other side of the Pacific. Uh, and we thought we'd have a bit of a chat about AUKUS, this uh, agreement that was sprung on all of us a few days ago by uh, Biden, Morrison, uh, and uh, let's not forget Boris Johnson. So AUKUS, what's this all about? Thanks, Ian. Um, yeah, look, it's, it, it was a bit of a surprise. Uh, and I have to say, from my point of view, it was a bit of a pleasant surprise. Um, I, as, everyone, as everyone's been seeing, the, the headline of AUKUS has been the deal to supply Australia with nuclear-powered submarines. Um, but I think there's more to it than that. And in, and in fact, the, the bit that is not submarines is, I think, probably more consequential. And that is essentially a broader uh, system or process for sharing defence technology, R&D and industry um, over many decades. So the submarine deal I see as being primarily a sort of forcing function or a system of systems approach that will tie the three countries' defence technology ecosystems together to sort of integrate them, to pool their resources. Um, and I think that is the real substance, the real, the real interesting part of the new agreement, more than the submarines themselves. Um, I would suggest, uh, and, and we can talk about this later, but I would suggest that the, the, the reason that such a deal happens between these three countries is because these three countries are members of the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance, um, and they are the three countries that are the most seriously engaged in the Indo-Pacific. Um, but I'd be interested to hear from you, Ian, uh, why you reckon Britain um, is part of this, given that it is a European country. Um, if this is an Indo-Pacific-China-facing agreement, what is the implication of Britain being a part of this? Yeah, I think the British angle is really important. And all the focus has been on Australia's um, potential possible future um, acquisition of submarines. But the British angle too is is important. Um, there is a kind of post-Brexit component to this of, of global Britain as, it, as it's known. Yeah. There's also a component to it uh, related to Britain's real shift in approach to China from one that was really a partnership-based one to, to one that's become much more sceptical about Beijing and its intentions and so on. Um, but here too, this is about Britain, which has a very well-developed uh, and, and, and high-technology defence industry, um, being coming back into this region, uh, assisting Australia build up its capacity in that area where it really is underdone. And I think ultimately we could quite likely see the, the submarines that Australia acquires will be British submarines, uh, you know, with some of the components built in, in the UK and probably British plans as well. Yeah, that's interesting because there's been some scuttlebutt, some sort or speculation about Australia as an interim measure before these new submarines get built, uh, leasing American submarines. There's been some speculation about whether that happens, and some people saying no, that won't happen. Uh, so I wonder, do you think there's a when you say that this could be sort of a British submarine flying an Australian flag? Do you do you mean? Um, 
uh, a sort of an interim measure or are you talking about the ultimate submarine that is ultimately built being essentially a British design built in Adelaide? Look, I think I think both. Um, it's quite possible that we see a, a UK submarine um, based in Perth, say, or at least rotating through that area on a on a much more frequent basis than we've seen in the past. But then I think yeah. too, um, ultimately, whenever it is that Australia requires these submarines, it could quite likely be the astute class or something like it yeah. um, that Australia requires. I mean, ma- mainly because they require fewer crew; they're a little bit smaller. They're, very capable and so on um but they're probably better suited to australian um needs yeah yeah indeed and 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 no matter which uh sort of um base design australia chooses um it always seems that australia always wants some sort of australianized modifications um for the south seas uh so so what do you think of this angle about um it being a product of the Five Eyes Alliance. Do you think that is one of the key explain the key sort of explanations for this sort of what would otherwise be a fairly odd grouping in the 21st century? I think so. I think part of this is about the fact that there are only a certain number of countries around the world that have nuclear technology. But part of yeah. it is also about the fact that you've got long-standing arrangements uh, that are secure, that are trusted amongst these countries that allow them to to share sensitive information and technology between the, between the three. So um, I think the Five Eyes angle is important. Um, and, you know, whilst New Zealand and Canada might be upset to be left out, um, this is essentially, you know, Five Eyes-based arrangement. Yeah, indeed. And as the as the last deployment of Royal Navy ships showed, Britain is part of the region. It seems to be, yes. Thanks very much, Ian. That was good fun. Thank you.